For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to Believe in Chargers. It's been a little bit, but we are back in action with Lorenzo Neal. I'm born in Azari here. It's almost time, low for training camp. It's almost like yesterday we were sulking our wounds after the Chargers blew a massive game to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And next thing you know, we're, we're turning the page and it's ready for a new campaign, man. Are you ready for this NFL season? It, it, doesn't it just go by so fast, man? So fast. When it's over, you're like, man, God, we got to wait for football. And you're just like, you're like, man, it's not the crash you kill you. Marty Schottenheim used to say it all the time. He said, man, it's not the crash you kill you. It's a sudden stop. And it's over. And that's the thing. I think the way that the Chargers' expectations and the bar was set high last year in that game, Jacksonville, you're winning the game. You're like, okay, you just got to get in. You know, if you get in, you think that, hey, you want to see, you know, if there's a guy in, in Cincinnati, Joe Burrows, and you're like, look, anything yep. can happen with the Chargers because they're that type of team. I'm not going to say they're better than Cincinnati. I'm not going to say that, but I'm saying they can be just as explosive when playing their best football. So I think that's the good thing about this year. I'm glad that it's here. I'm glad the season's upon us. I think the biggest thing is, I think expectations has been tempered. You know, Barna, last year, everyone's talking about how good is this Charger team? What's going to be? And I think the bar got set pretty high, which I understand. But I think expectations is tempered back. I think you brought in, you know, a new offense, a new OC. You know, your defense has got a lot of question marks. You have you have two great pass rushers, but who's going to play on first and second down for those great pass rushers can utilize their unique skills uh, are you going to be better in the trenches? What are you going to do? We know Eckler, the offseason holdout, understanding what did he want, what he's going to get. And then did you solve the problem? Did you solve that Rubik's Cube to saying we know what Eckler is, the big time back can catch the ball out of the backfield, can run the zone and do those things. But did do, do we have that thumper that it's four or five yards in a cloud of dust, a chain mover? Has that question still not been answered? So, there's a lot of things for me when I look at this team. So I think expectations has been tempered down. I think the defense, you still have some a lot of question marks and question marks on offense, offensive line, certain holes. How is it all going to pan out? And I think we're in a situation this year, Borna, that it's going to take time to see who's going to do what and how this team is going to develop as a, as, as a championship caliber team. Again, if you guys are new, make sure you check us out on you know Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Believe in Chargers, Lorenzo Neal, Born in Nazari. I think you made a, a fantastic point about how the expectations are a little bit tempered now. I remember we had lights, Sean Merriman on the show almost a year ago predicting 13, 14 wins. And, and it wasn't just him, Lowe. It was, it was a lot of us. There was, you know, when you looked at this team on paper, right, heading into last year, there wasn't many holes on this roster. And, and I think now that we kind of have those expectations a little bit tempered, we say, you know what? It's not fair to have those expectations for a team. And I think just the mentality of the Chargers going into training camp saying, you know what, now 
you know, we still are projected to be a good team, but everyone's not really looking at us. I think that's a really strong, advantageous position to be in. And I hope that's going to be a benefit to the Chargers. And, and speaking of the Chargers, the leader of that franchise on the field right now, Justin Herbert, is coming off probably one of the, quote, worst years of his career, even though he was still a fantastic all-pro level quarterback. And I think a, a, a partly just because the system didn't really play into his hands. We talked about Joe Lombardi, him, you know, Kellen Moore coming in, hopefully can open up the offense a little bit more, taking deeper shots down the field. You know, they drafted Quentin Johnson out of TCU to really help spread that verticality down the field. But Lorenzo Neal, the, the biggest storyline of this offseason so far has been Justin Herbert and his looming contract extension. We saw the massive money that went to Jalen Hurts. We saw the massive money that went to Lamar Jackson, each earning $255-plus million contracts in, in five years. So we saw the quarterback market you know, exceed $50 million a year. I think the biggest thing hasn't been the average annual value. I think the biggest negotiation and sticking point with all these quarterbacks have been the guaranteed money, how much is going to be guaranteed. So you know, Justin Herbert you know, has said that he's not holding out. Brandon Staley says that these contract negotiations are ongoing is it a game of chess is it a game of checkers lorenzo neal what do you think happens with the justin herbert contract situation because joe burrow hasn't extended yet is burrow waiting for herbert so he can exceed that where do you think justin herbert's contract situation is right now with the chargers yeah i think he's in a good place like you're saying and and, and i and, and you know that herbert is uh, look at herbert and you look at what joe burrows has done I think it's you look at this league and you just think about way the quarterback and how they're honoring guys and the money that's being getting. And, and it's not predicated anymore on success. It's not predicated anymore on how many Super Bowls you win. It's not predicated on if you win a Super Bowl or not. It's just predicated. Are you good enough to be a starting quarterback in a National Football League and get me in the playoffs or have me on the brink of playoffs and be a guy that can sling the ball around? Herbert checks all those boxes. And you look at Joe Burrows. He's a guy that went to a Super Bowl, you know, AFC one game away from being back in the Super Bowl. So when you look at it, though, now and you look at Lamar Jackson at playoffs in the playoffs, he's been a bust. He's got hadn't got out of, you know, a first round and always losing. Haven't got to look at the money that he got. And so it's predicated on just having success, not on necessarily winning, not winning a big game. So because you look at Mahomes, it's crazy because Mahomes probably should be a guy that every time a quarterback gets paid, it should be in this in his contract that is is automatic escalate and get paid. He should always be the highest paid. See, and, and those are the things that I think that guys that if I'm a Joe Burrows, if I'm a Herbert, you know, you got to say, hey, look, I want to have that with these guys. If anything happens with these quarterbacks or other young court, that automatically an escalate comes. Not that you, not that you. Maybe it's a bonus or maybe it's just increased because you look at a guy like Mahomes and you look at his worth and look mm -hmm. what he's been able to do. And now you see these guys. He did a ten-year deal for the money that he's getting. These guys did five years deal and making more money and going to have an opportunity to make surpass him. So it's just interesting. But I think Herbert's in a great. I think he's in a great position with the Chargers because when you have a quarterback. You don't let him get out of that building. When you have a quarterback, he doesn't leave your team. And that's what the Chargers, and they know that. And you see that both sides are being very diplomatic. You don't want to say things that's going to hurt the franchise or have your quarter franchise quarterback feel in a certain way. He is the future for this team, and they know that. So I think that both sides are handling it the right way. 
You know, I think there's been a lot of interesting storylines, right? I think Justin Herbert is is the biggest one. And again, I'm, I think you eloquently put that the best Lorenzo Neal. They're going to take care of Justin Herbert. I think they may make it, they may drag it out a little bit, but the last person you want to get annoyed, angry with your franchise is Justin Herbert. And you have to do a lot to make Justin Herbert annoyed. I mean, this guy always has a smile on his face. He always says the right things, right? It doesn't seem like you can ever really, I don't think it's the Chargers versus Justin Herbert. It's definitely the Chargers versus Justin Herbert's representatives with this contract extension because they're Herbert ain't in getting involved with that. His agents know the, the, the power and the value of Justin Herbert. And I think Burrow's going to go after Herbert. I think Burrow has the right to go after Justin Herbert just because of Burrow's success. You know, in the postseason, I, you know, I think I want to, you know, transition a little bit low, uh, you know, Tuesday. So that's why I think it's good that we're recording today on a on a Wednesday was Tuesday was the start of minicamp for the Chargers. And, you know, Austin Eckler returned to the Chargers, you know, for the first time. And he spoke with the beat writers saying that, you know, listen, there's no really hard feelings. There's there's no ill will, um, you know, basically Austin Eckler is in a contract year. And, you know, at, at one point he wanted to get a trade because he thought that he was undervalued and underpaid. And, low, we agree that he is undervalued, but he also is under contract. And that is the the rule as a player in the National Football League. And I understand his urgency because he's 28, right? We, we know the shelf life of running backs aren't long. Um, where do you think his mentality is coming into this year? Because he he's probably more motivated than ever to have a massive year because he is really trying to assure that that last payday, right? That gets, because th this payday is the difference of him being a wealthy guy to him developing generational wealth. If he can get that next payday, right? Where Austin Eckler. So where do you think his mindset is heading into this training camp? Yeah, I think his mindset, like you just alluded to, is to be successful and show the success, what he can do and the durability, what he's shown and just, and have a monster year because he understands the opportunity in his window is closing. And that's why he was trying to push the charges and say, look, 28, going to be 29. What are a team going to do? What what type of team is going to pay Eckler the type of money and know that they maybe only going to have two to three more years left? So it's going to have to be a front-loaded type of contract. You're he going to be on a pitch count because he's got to understand other teams. If he goes out this year and carry the ball 300, 400 times, it's like, okay, how much wear and tear? What does he have left? So he's in a very, very peculiar situation because, like you said, yeah, he's going to play hard. Yeah, he wants to show everyone. But also, how do you keep that balance without overdoing it for other teams? Don't look at it and say your body has been beat up so you are mm -hmm. valued yourself long, long term. Yeah. And, and Daniel Popper of The Athletic wrote, and, and low, uh, Austin was very transparent to the media yesterday. Take a listen to this. So. He seemed disappointed, but at peace with how the situation developed. Listen to this quote. He said, I thought it would be amazing if we could get someone who was wanting to lock us down for some more value. Eckler referring to a potential trade partner. He said, quote, I understood the situation. This is yesterday. I understood the situation would put someone in, though. Giving up draft picks and having to renegotiate a contract is a pretty big ask. I was absolutely optimistic. Like, okay, let's find something. Let's get a deal done. It didn't end up happening. No hard feelings. Come back. Still have an opportunity here to go out there and show what I can do. He's also added, I'll bet on myself any day of the week. That's what I've been doing my entire life. So it's pretty, pretty, he's very transparent right now with his situation with the Chargers. I think Austin Eckler is, 
you know, he's disappointed, but I think it was well written. He's at peace with the situation. They tried to get him out. They tried to get a new deal. No one budged. And I think you talked about it. Why he's 28 years old, going to be 29 next year. Um, I think Austin Eckler is going to have to bet on himself and have a great year. But is does that affect the locker room knowing that his teammates know that about Austin Eckler? Or do you buy into this value that he is a true professional and they can put this past him and just focus on the charges this year? How much of that do you really buy each side to that? I think I think it, I think it's what came for what comes first. They you know the old saying, "What comes first, the chicken or the egg." I think when you look at Austin Eckler and what he's done, but look at his career, Melvin Gordon. You know, remember the running back that was there that they brought in that was you know, and here come Eckler. Eckler comes out of nowhere and pushes, and now made Melvin Gordon expendable. Right when you look for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get kind of the dynamics of how Eckler has been able to bet on himself and have succeed and, and have success he has beaten the odds in a lot of ways. And that's the thing. Sometimes it's unfortunate that, you know, you, you've shown that you belong here. You wasn't a first-round pick. You beat out a first-round guy. You know, you're showing your durability. You're showing your toughness. You've done all these things. But this is the nature of the game. They say don't hate the player. Hate the game because the game will do that. And, unfortunately, the running back position, you see it's been devalued. You look at a guy like Zeke Elliott. They talked about him maybe coming to the Chargers. You look at it to try to get, you know, Eckler off the thigh. And just you look at the – now look at this guy still out there. He's going to get a, a deal done. He'll be on some team. But look at look at the value that how he's lost as a back because a quarterback can have a down year and you still can give them – still give them a boatload of money. A quarterback can miss the playoffs or be injured, and they still get a huge contract. Look at Mar Lamar Jackson. Didn't play the last four or five games. You look at some of the things that people say about Lamar Jackson, but like you just alluded to, look at the money that he was still able to get and look at the type of quarterback he is. Look what Baltimore was able to throw at him. And that just goes to show you, you can have a down year as a quarterback, but when you're the face and you're a franchise and you're a quarterback position, it doesn't matter. And that's what Eckler has to realize. And a lot of players have to realize you're, you're, the running back position, especially it's, it's, it's get it why it's good. Get it why the getting can be got. And if not, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Absolutely. I think many people also forgot Lorenzo Neal that JC Jackson, right? 27 year old product out of Florida signed a five year, $82 million contract with the Chargers last summer. And his first year was an absolute bust. And it wasn't his fault. He ran into some personal issues, torn his patellar tendon week seven of last year against the New England Patriots. Really struggled to even get going. You know, last year, I know he had an injury to start the year. And JC Jackson warmed up with the team yesterday and went through some defensive drills with his helmet on. He did not participate in seven on seven. Again, he's still clearly making progress as he rehabs the torn patellar tendon. Should be ready, you know, for training camp and should be definitely ready to start the 2023 2024 campaign. But low, it's crazy because we take a look at this defense and let's not forget that JC Jackson, I mean, led the league in picks in 21 22 season, which warranted him getting that massive contract. You know, 
Lo, talk about the importance of JC having a big year with the Chargers because we almost forgot about this guy. But you know, I think last year we were we were missing a, a defensive ball hawk. You know, at corner, a sizable corner, right? Asante Samuel's a really good corner, but adding some size and a good cover man guy and JC Jackson is going to be huge for Staley's defense heading into year four of, of the Staley regime as well. So or year three. But t- tell me more about JC Jackson and and the importance of him having a big year. They gave this guy a ton of money. We got to see it on the field now. Oh, no question. And that's the one that I think that people should be talking about more because J.C. Jackson has to play and he has to play well. If the Chargers are going to play well and shut down and be that shutdown corner and be that guy that's a ball hawk, that that's why they paid him that type of money, it's going to have to happen. See, when you're high, when you get drafted or, or when you get a long term extension or someone pays you that type of money, it's usually two years. First year he got injured. So he can't afford to get injured. He's on the clock and he understands that even though they love this guy and he's a ball hawk. It's this league is what have you done for me lately at four certain positions, the corner position, certain positions, you know, they want to see productivity because you're paying, you're paying high end dollars for a person that supposed to be a stand down lockdown ball hawk type of corner. You want to see the ROI. I need to see the return on my investment. So that's why this is going to be a very, very important and very imperative that JC Jackson has a big year, not a good year, but a great year. Because you want to make sure that he shuts down. And that's what they want. They want teams to say, don't look that way. So now I can roll the safety to the other side. Now I can play underneath coverage. I can do a lot of things. If I have a corner of that status and of that statue that can play as well as we paid him, then don't look at that half of the field. And now I can do other things. Zone, coverage, double, do certain things, bracket coverage. That's what he brings you. That's what you paid for. You paid for a guy that now you can cut a half of the field and say, look, guys, we don't have to worry about that, so let's focus on our defense being stout over here. And it seems like his mentality is in the right place. You know, he mentioned that there, quote, there was no offseason for me. I've been grinding, meeting with coaches every day, learning, breaking down the defense to me so it can slow down for me this year. I'm going to be ready to go. Apparently, J.C.'s been with the team low all winter and spring as he went through his rehab. He used that extra time in the facility to learn the defense, writes Daniel Popper, even more. So that's the number one thing. When you know that a franchise a has invested a ton of resources into you, the fact that he's mentally in the right place and he knows – that I have to have a big year because there's one, there's some people low who, you know, they get their, they get their money and they they're in cruise control, but JC knows that there's a pressure that, you know what, I'm going to get this money, but now my legacy's on the line here. I need to prove that I am of value to this defense and I need to prove that I just didn't steal money from this franchise and I am going to be a worthwhile investment because that's your pride low. That's your ego. As a professional athlete, wouldn't you argue that there are some who are fine with the money, but there are a lot of others who, even if they've had the money and they're underperforming, it derails them even more. Is that fair to say? No question, Borna. And that's what you alluded to. He's a pro. And that's why you brought this guy in. See, a lot of guys, like you said, hey, he's injured. He's like, you know, offseason, I'm getting out of here. I've been around here. I've been injured. I've been around here. I've been studying. No, I want to take my offseason just like everyone else. This guy stayed there. JC said, I'm staying here. Why? Because I owe it to the team. I'm saying here, why? Because I owe it to myself. I'm going to be selfish and say, you know what? I'm going to be selfish to say, I want to know this defense. And I want to know the concept and the nuances of this defense that when I walk on the field, I don't have to look around and say, well, close right where they're doing. I know what I have to do. That's what you want. So you had a guy that put pressure on the coach because coach wants sometimes want to get their offseason into a little bit or not maybe do as much. But he's like, no. I'm going to be in here. You're going. I want to learn. And I'm going to tell you right now, you had a better relationship. 
because now the coach knows what that player did and how he was willing to sacrifice to be able to learn this system even better, the nuance of it. That's commitment, man. That's commitment, Borna. And like you said, that's being a pro. Absolutely. And guys, again, make sure you go check us out on all our podcast forums. We are going to have more and more consistent coverage as we kind of turn the calendar over. We are starting to end the dead period of the National Football League season, but we're starting to get going here with training camp coming up again, Lo. It's, it's, the, it's a new dawn. It's a new day. I'm very excited to see how everything unfolds. I think the biggest thing for me is I'm just so excited to see kind of what Kellen Moore does for this Chargers offense. I'm, I'm excited to see you know, I, you know, Justin Herbert, we've already seen how dominant he's been with restrictions. I want to see the floodgates open to see what this guy really does. And I what think what is your take? What is your take when I talk when you talk about Kellen Moore? Tell me what would I want I just kind of want to see where you're at and kind of what you think. What is he going to bring? What would you like to see him bring? Or what do you what's your expectations and what it what's your expectations? But what is the fans? What is the expectations of Kellen Moore? Well, here's here's my one worry, Low. Um, I think a lot of Kellen's offense is a byproduct of a successful run game. And I still think that the Chargers haven't addressed that to the point that we want to. And Lo, you you and me both know that a big part of our show last year was annoying our, our fans with the uh, the inability to run the football. And and I think with Kellen Moore, he was a huge beneficiary of the year Tony Pollard had. It absolutely set up the play action for Dak Prescott. It got CeeDee Lamb to have an absolute career year, but also some other guys in Dalton Schultz to almost be top 10 tight end in, in touchdown catches and all that stuff. So listen, I think it's I think Kellen's going to spread the offense more. I think we're going to see a lot more offense beyond the chains. I think drafting Quentin Johnson is going to be fantastic. That's a true number three guy, which they didn't have last year, like a true vertical threat that's going to cause Mike Williams to get a lot more one-on-one. Keenan Allen to get a lot more one-on-one safety can't help if Quentin Johnson is as good as advertised to be determined on that front. But again, Lorenzo Neal goes back to, can the Chargers run the ball north and south? Can they get four to five yards per carry, set up second and five and not second and eight? Those three yards are the biggest difference in football when it comes to your progressions and your play. So, low. I, I still don't think it's over. I still think the Chargers are going to make a move at running back. I think it's going to be a later move. I don't know who it's going to be. Is it Zeke? I know he remains unsigned. Is it Dalvin Cook? I know he's a potential option that is, is, a, is a free agent as well. I still think if we want to see Kellen Moore maximize Justin Herbert and the Chargers, they need to find a lead back who can give you you know 15 rushes a game and go north to south bulldozer, bruiser to set up that play action. What about you? Yeah, and that's why I don't think Zeke's out of the question. I think when you look at a guy that was in Kellen Moore's offense, Ezekiel Elliott, and now he's here, and now he's on the, on the block, and now you got Kellen Moore that knows this guy and knows what he has left in the tank. That's why it's 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 interesting. That's why you've had some talks with this guy. So it's just a matter of can they make it fit? And I think when you look at Zeke and you think, okay. Does he? Can he be effective? Yes. In the right situation, he can be effective. So it's going to be interesting to see how Kellen Moore, what is he going to do? Do you go wide open and just throw the ball all over the field? Because there was some criticism at times in Dallas at, at that, you know what, that they wanted to throw the ball too much. There was some criticism that came out of Dallas that when they played the Niners in the playoffs, they didn't run the ball enough. It was a one-score game. They were never mm-hmm. out of it. And why didn't they just keep hammered in the field position? There was some mm-hmm. criticism in Dallas about certain things. So I look at that and you have to look at it, be optimistic and say, okay, Kellen Moore, welcome to the show. Let me reintroduce myself. My name is Kellen and more that is. So let's see what he can do and let's see what how he gets these critics off this because he knows what people are saying. 
He's an offensive guru. The guy's an offensive genius. You've seen what he did at Boise. You saw what how he had with Dallas. He is a smart guy. He's a guy that is on a short list. He's a head coach potential. So we're this, surprised this is, Dallas let go of him. Yeah, I was very surprised. And so was I. So this is a big step for Kellen Moore because Kellen Moore, I'm gonna tell you right now, and I don't know if Kellen gets mad at me. I hope not, but if this team gets to the playoffs and go deep, or if they go to the Super Bowl, Kellen Moore is not going to be in in LA with the Chargers anymore. I'm just Agreed. telling you, this guy is a this is a rental coach. This is yep. a coach that you brought in that he's either going to be replacing Staley or he's going to be a head coach because, you know, after a year or two. So I think right now this is a training ground for Kellen Moore, and he knows that because he wants the opportunity to coach in the National Football League, but not just coach, but be a head coach. And I think Kellen Moore probably had some good options to go to some teams, but I think – you know, I, I'm not saying Staley's job's on the line, but let's say the offense has a great year and the defense has another bad year. Kellen's probably going to be the coach of the Chargers, as you said, in, in a year or two. And I think Kellen was like, you know what? I'll take that risk rather than go coach the crap. I mean, I don't know the uh, just uh, uh, the Texans or the you know uh, a team like that's that's a lot of years behind versus the Chargers who are just need the right infrastructure in place. So. I think Kellen Moore didn't really see this as a lateral move. Maybe it was in the interim, but I think he's this is more of a long-term play. So but should be kudos, really interesting year low. It, it will, but kudos to Staley, too, for understanding that his line, uh, job's on a line. But they have to make this move, too. Yeah, Exactly. To have yeah. enough to have enough understanding to say, look, no matter what, I got to make this organization better. I got to make this team better knowing that my job is possibly on the line. What am I going to do? I'm going to go out and go get the best guy that I feel and have confidence in himself because he could have shunned the deal and say, Oh, I know this guy's here to replace me, but no, he welcomed it because he wants to win. And he knows that. And, and we know expectations have been tempered, but I'm going to tell you right now, that this team has to do better than what they did last year. They got to get, and I know t expectations is tempered, but you got to find a way. You they got to win two playoff games. They got to win two playoff games this year. That is uh that is realistic expectations for a team that has uh, an absolutely high payroll, a loaded defense on paper, a loaded offense on paper, but there's only so far you can get to on paper. That's when you're going to need coaching, that's when you're going to need your training staff, you're going to need everyone to maximize to the greatest of capabilities. Lorenzo Neal, it's always good hopping on the mic with you. I'm so excited for this Chargers season coming up. It should be a season of trials and tribulations, hopefully a little bit more joy than last year. You know, they won 10 games last year, but it never felt like the team quite got into a rhythm, right? It, it, it wasn't a satisfying 10-win year. You hope this year there's a little bit more cruise control. They get off to a 6-2, six 6-3 and two, six and three start, but the schedule ain't easy, man. They got some tough games, but listen, the Chargers are a great team as well. So, low, we'll see you in a week or two, man. Enjoy the ride, baby. Go Chargers, all right? That's right, brother. Miss you, bro. Let's Take do it. Everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.